Hi and welcome to my latest podcast. I'm super excited you're joining me as we go through the Gospel of John and we look at Jesus through the eyes of one of his best friends and we come across some incredible theological gems, some wonderful stories and just this amazing perspective that's really different from the other three Gospel writers. So buckle up and join me, Paul White, as we saunter through the book of John. Good morning saunterers, welcome to another saunter. Today we're looking at John chapter 10 which is another amazingly famous chapter of the Bible and so we're going to pray. Lord will you speak to us today? Lord open our eyes, let us see the wonders and the beauty of what you're trying to communicate to us through this today. In Jesus name. Amen. Fantastic. So we are John chapter 10 and verse 1. Jesus says, so in my Bible it's it's got a heading, it says, um, I am the good shepherd. And so the good shepherd is a term that we've, anyone who's been around church at all will be familiar with. And good morning Sarah. And certainly it's Jesus the Good Shepherd was a concept and an idea that I grew up very familiar with um, through my journey through Sunday school and so on. And so this is this is a very well-known passage for me and probably for anyone else who was at Sunday school, the time of um, time in history that I was <laughs> or a similar kind of Sunday school. So it says, truly, truly, so this is Jesus talking, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Um, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And the the idea behind this picture. Good morning, Chris. Great to see you. Morning, Sam, Kathy. Great to see you all. This picture Jesus is painting is one of a kind of communal sheepfold that was outside a particular village or maybe town or city and various different shepherds parked their sheep there overnight for safety and there was an official watchman on the doorway who was probably armed with some kind of weapon and that gatekeeper, that doorkeeper was there to protect the security of the flocks that were entrusted to his care and then they were in a ward enclosure or a fenced enclosure and they were safe for the night and then when the shepherd who owned a particular flock within that kind of collection of sheep turned up he would call his sheep and his sheep recognized his voice now this is a really powerful picture because you remember Jesus has been saying to the Jews in the preceding chapters he's been saying you claim to know God but if you did know God then you would recognize my voice and you would recognize that I am from him the one 
you claim to be serving and following so faithfully. But he said, actually, what the voice you're responding to and the voice that's calling you and corralling you is not the voice of God at all, but actually the voice of the devil. And that must have been quite a difficult thing for those guys to hear because they considered themselves to be very, very devout and godly of all people. It was like, of all people, how can you say that about me? Because look at me, look at all the things I do for God. Look how serious I am and how my everything about my life reflects my devotion to him and so on and so on. Jesus says, but the very fact that you can't recognize my voice indicates whose sheep you are. You're not one of my sheep. You're not one of God's sheep. Otherwise, you would recognize my voice because I'm from God. And so there's a there's a verse in um, Zechariah where it talks about the shepherd that God would whistle to his sheep and they would come and and shepherds and dairy farmers and all the different kind of farmers who deal with animals have got their own kind of language that they communicate with their particular herds with and the herds recognize them uh, and it's a really wonderful thing and so like the f- different. <clears throat> I I grew up in a dairy farming community, lots of different dairy farmers, and they would have their own call and they'd go out in the field on their little tractor and go, come on, come on. And all the cows would just turn around and begin to walk the way back to the dairy because they knew it was time and they knew this was the guy. But if anyone else went out there and started trying to imitate that, they'd be like, who are you? <laughs> We're not going to listen to you. We don't know you. So this is a really powerful picture. It speaks to me. I love it. And it's also this kind of level of intimacy that a shepherd has with the flock that he cares for. It's like they've come to recognise that this shepherd is the guy who feeds them, who gets them into the green pastures, etc, etc. Who turns them back on their feet when they get tipped over. My auntie was a dairy farmer and then beef farmer in Somerset and she said sheep are really annoying because all they want to do is turn over on their backs and die. (laughs) She she was a little bit prejudiced about sheep. She was a bit sheepish. Sheepist. (laughs) Anyway so bad attempt Paul. Um, And uh, but the shepherd's job was to keep these sheep healthy, turn them over the right way when they got tipped up the wrong way check their feet and all the rest of it and help them give birth to their lambs, everything else. And it was very intimate. It's a very intimate job. And I don't, I really think that there are a separate, (laughs) this is just Paul's own opinion. I think there is a generation around now who have got no clue where meat comes from and food comes from. And they've got this idea that it's all this big hostile thing that's killing the environment. And actually have no clue about the intimate relationship that a farmer or a shepherd or someone has with their sheep or their cows or their pigs, whatever it is. Anyway, that's not the topic of this conversation. So we're going to look at Jesus because he's the one we're interested in right now. So he brings out his sheep. He goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. And that's the way it would be. The shepherd would walk out, call his sheep. Sheep would come to him and follow him. And then off they would go out into the scrubland or the the grazing, wherever they're going to head for and get some decent 
um, food in their bellies. And verse 6, it says, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they didn't understand what he was saying. No, they didn't, which illustrates the point beautifully because their hearts really weren't predisposed to hear from Jesus. They already thought he was a fake or a fraud or a blasphemer or a something or a threat. And so their their kind of hearts were hard. And so they didn't understand. Verse 7, so Jesus he doesn't give up, does he? So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So let's just Zoom back a second. He'd already mentioned the thief, hadn't he? He said, look, the real authentic shepherd comes through the door, through the legitimate way. He has access to the sheep that's been granted to him legitimately. The one who climbs over the wall, don't trust that one. The one who tries to kind of winkle a way in through the, through the back or over the wall or some other non-legitimate means, they're a thief. And so we're, not, we're going to be wary of those. But Jesus says there is a thief who comes to kill and steal and destroy. But he's now changed his metaphor, hasn't he? He's saying, uh, okay, you didn't get the other one about I'm the good shepherd. Let me tell you this one. I'm the doorway. I'm the one who gives access to the sheep. In fact, when the shepherd was with his own flock exclusively and they were in a little kind of makeshift corral out in the hinterland somewhere, the shepherd lay down in the doorway um, to keep them safe um, overnight from things like wolves and I don't know what other predators there were, mountain lions maybe, um, that would come and threaten the safety of the flock. So, right, here's a little story. <laughs> this really happened. So there was this, we had two children, Josh and Emily. Emily was a baby and she was in the little room by herself and um we had <laughs> contact with this particular guy who um was wanted for murder he, he actually hadn't committed the murder it was just he was a suspect it wasn't like he was being pursued the police knew he was in town but he knew me and he came and knocked at my door and he said oh Paul can can I stay at your house tonight because the police are after me? Or I haven't got anywhere to sleep. My my house, my flat is a murder scene and I need somewhere to sleep. And so so I said, yeah, come on in. And I said to Anna, oh, by the way, so-and-so's staying and um, uh, there's something you should know. <laughs> I didn't consult with Anna. I'm really sorry, babe. <laughs> I just took this guy in because I knew him and I thought he's not a murderer don't be silly anyway that night I was suddenly kind of very conscious of it all so I slept in the doorway of Emily's bedroom to keep her safe and I thought I if I've brought this trouble on our house it's my own fault you know god forbid but anyway so there you go bit of insight into my loony life um thankfully he was fine he didn't get it wasn't him he wasn't the villain anyway but he was a, he was a bit of a scallywag um so jesus said i'm the door of the sheep anyone who wants access to the sheep is going to have to come over me 
and all who come before me are thieves and robbers, all who come, um, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So Jesus is saying there are people who have come and we know through the books that the books that the apostles wrote that there are still people out there at their time contemporaries of theirs who fit this description of thieves and robbers there are people around today who are thieves and robbers and they want to predate on the sheep they want to steal and kill and destroy what god is doing they want to sabotage it there are people who um who just want to prey on the weak and vulnerable regardless of whether they're Christians or not just um and are in it and we we daily have to be wise about scams don't we and things on our phone messages that come purporting to be from somebody official and they're a scam or my uh my phone's broken can you send me some money for a new phone uh, you know and this kind of thing we need to check it all out and but these thieves are because the our enemy, the devil, is a thief and he comes to kill and steal and destroy. And he has lots of people who are on his team doing his kind of stuff. And they're out there trying to steal and rob from God's people and from people generally. And the thief doesn't think, doesn't have an impact statement, doesn't write an impact statement of what they're about to do before they commit the crime, do they? They see a vulnerability, they exploit it, they steal what they want and they're gone. And they have no compassion over the victim. So when they, we had our house broken into separate incident and it was traumatic for us as a family and the kids were, were traumatised. And Anna was, and we, we all were, and every time there was a big bang or a loud noise, we were like all jittery and stuff for a little while. Um, but the thief had no compassion for us. What he wanted was to get enough money so that he could buy some drugs because he was a drug addict and he was 16 years old. It was really just, the, it, but Jesus is saying the thief does not love you. The thief has no compassion over you. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy but and here's the thing he says i have come that they may have life and have it abundantly so the purpose jesus is here the purpose jesus has come is not to kill and steal and destroy it's not to condemn people to eternal damnation but it's to save the world to rescue the lost and to give us life in this life and in the life to come, life to the full, life abundantly. He says, I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So if anyone's in any question as to why Jesus came, this is why he came. I have come that they may have life and they may have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This, oh man, this is so good, isn't it? So, right, let's think about earthly shepherds. Let's, the word there is poimen, which is the same word as translated pastor, which only is only a rarely used word in the New Testament. But if you think about the good pastor, the good pastor lays down his or maybe her life for the sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to present her 
spotless, a beautiful bride without spot or blemish. That's what a good husband does. A good pastor, a good shepherd lays down their life, not just for their wife and their family, but for the sheep, the flock of God. And it's like Jesus is lying in the doorway saying any evil thing that is going to have access to these sheep has to come through me first. And so verse 12, it says, he was a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and flees and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Well, there you go. He's not he doesn't have any emotional or personal investment in these animals. So when the wolf comes, his first concern is saving himself, is save his own skin. So he's off round the track and he, the wolf comes and gets exactly what he wants. The wolf doesn't particularly want the shepherd. The wolf wants the sheep. But if the shepherd's in the way, sometimes the shepherd's going to have to get it. But this time with the hireling, the wolf comes. The hireling has got no, doesn't love these sheep, doesn't really care for them in the way the shepherd does. And <clears throat> scarpers. And so there's there's really quite a profound picture, isn't it, of what we're looking for when we're appointing leaders and pastors and elders within the church. What we're looking for is people who lay down their lives for the sheep, who have got a huge emotional and personal investment in those sheep. Now, I don't want to be unkind to God's people by calling them sheep, but Jesus calls them sheep, so we'll stick with it for now. But he's, <clears throat> we're looking for people who are not in this as a career opportunity, but they're in it because they are passionate about God's people. They've given themselves. Paul said that these particular believers gave themselves first to the Lord and then to them. You know, and it's like that we we lay down our lives for the sheep. We if we're coming into the job of a shepherd or a pastor or an elder or something for the money, forget it. Do something else where you can get a decent living, where you can earn enough money and be, you have the lifestyle you want. But don't confuse the two things. Don't confuse being a servant of God with an opportunity to, to get rich. It's not that is not the route. Start a business. Be an entrepreneur. Do something clever. Do something smart. Innovate. Go ahead. Get rich. But don't. The, this the, the purpose of being a shepherd is to lay down your life for the sheep is a different calling and it is a calling if God hasn't called you to do it don't waste your time don't don't put everyone else through the misery and so part of our job in looking for shepherds and elders is to identify people who have that call on their lives who we can say wow this person truly loves God's people but they carry them in their hearts they're they're you know like there's some beautiful scriptures in Isaiah it's in Handel's Messiah he will lead his flock like a shepherd he will carry the lambs in his arms and gently lead those who are with young it's profound good morning Paul good morning Pete good to see you guys and so that's what we're looking for we're looking for people who lay their lives down who carry the sheep in their hearts and are gentle with God's flock who are not 
in it like a wild animal. They're not snapping at people and tearing people. They're they're loving and nurturing sheep. Is such an interesting metaphor that Jesus uses sheep and God through the Old Testament uses sheep as a metaphor for his people many, many times. And sheep are, they may just want to, like my Auntie Hazel said, they may just want to find somewhere where they can roll over and die. But they're gentle animals on the whole, aren't they? And they're quite, they're quite vulnerable. And it's quite a profound picture. And they're a bit kind of, oh, where are we now kind of thing. And that might, <laughs> you might find that a bit insulting. But what is really, what I believe when God gives us these metaphors, it's because they speak to our hearts. And there's something about sheep that make us want to be and to to care for them and be gentle with them and like make sure they're safe and keep your dog on a lead. Keep your dog out of the field altogether, preferably. And that kind of thing. Anyway. Right. OK, so we can think about that all day. And it's a good it's a good metaphor and it's a good thing to think about all day. So he flees, the hireling flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I, here we go, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And let's just pause there a second. So Jesus is saying, listen, my sheep know me. I know my own, my own know me. So he's again pressing this button with the Jews. You don't know me. You're not one of mine. Otherwise, you would know me. You're not one of the father's flock. Otherwise, you would know me. And <clears throat> so again, he says, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. He's talking about a level of intimacy that he and the father have with each other that the flock and him have with each other as well. So the flock has that same level of intimacy available to them that he has with his father. That is mind blowing. And that is on another level. It takes them, stretches the metaphor to an entirely different level, doesn't it? Right. Here we go. And so I lay down my life for the sheep. This is really important. This is part of Jesus's mission and ministry and plan and purpose in life is to lay his life down. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, and one shepherd. So Jesus is indicating to the Jews, listen, you guys, you're not the only ones I've come for, but you are important to me. I'm gathering up my sheep from the lost sheep of Israel. But actually, you're not the only ones I'm here for. There are other sheep who are not of this fold. And do you know what? I, I, My heart breaks and longs for the descendants of Ishmael, the what we know now as the Arab world, the Muslim world, to really find Jesus because there's a promise that God made to Ishmael as well. And I love, I long for Europe and America to be, oh man, to be gathered into this sheepfold along with the Jewish nation. And we pray for that as well, that there will be, oh God, he will gather all these sheep together and bring them under one, um, under one shepherd, which is Jesus. And if we look at Zechariah, look at Ezekiel, these things are all prophesied. Jesus is echoing. He's really bringing to life. He's bringing into three dimensions these old prof prophetic writings from Isaiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah. Uh, yeah, Zechariah. So powerful. And he says, for this reason, 
so he's not just dying. He's not just laying his life down for the Jewish nation. He's laying his life down for flock sheep that are not of this particular flock. Um, so then he says, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay my life down that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Wow, this is amazing, isn't it? So Jesus is saying, actually, when I do die, when I do lay my life down, it's not because someone's taken it from me. It's because I've given it. Come on. Somebody say amen. It's because I've given it. This is my gift. I am laying my life down as a gift, as a ransom, as a means of purchasing these lost sheep. I'm going to buy the whole lot of them off the devil so that they can be free, so that they can be my sheep and come under my shepherding. But in order to do that, I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to freely give my life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We've seen that one. We've read that one already. And now Jesus is saying, listen, no one's taking my life from me. I'm doing it voluntarily. I'm giving it over freely. Oh, wow. And in and because of that, I have the right to take it up again. It's interesting, isn't it? There's been some debate about how Jesus, who raised Jesus from the dead. He says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, so on, which talks about the Holy Spirit raising Jesus. And it talks about um, he believed that the father could raise him from the dead. But also he's saying here, I actually have authority to do it anyway. So me, my father, the Holy Spirit between us. Guess what? I'm not staying dead. <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm laying my life down voluntarily. I'm taking it up again. So I'll be right back. BRB. So um, for this reason, the father loves me. The father loves Jesus because this is the very heart of the father is to lay his life down for the the lost sheep. And he says, oh, gosh, this charge I have received from my father. Verse 19. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Yeah, pretty controversial, I should say. Many of them said he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. They had plenty of those people around. They knew what that looked like. It was pretty chaotic and scary. And then they say, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Good question that is a good question it's a good bit of theology right there so at the time of the feast of dedication which is Hanukkah took place at Jerusalem it was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon so the Jews gathered around him and said to him how long will you keep us in suspense if you are the Christ tell us plainly well I think Jesus has been telling them plainly but they've not been really wanting to hear it but what they're looking for still is this kind of silver bullet that Jesus will give them or a loaded gun that Jesus will give them so that they can finally say, this is what he said. This is the evidence against him. We can now have him crucified because of his blasphemous words. And so um, Jesus answered them, I told you and you did not believe. 
The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. We used to sing a little song to the children when they were small. Loving shepherd of thy sheep, keep thy lamb in safety keep. Nothing can thy power withstand, none can pluck me from thy hand. And as they went off to sleep, I used to think that was a beautiful thing to go to sleep, knowing that no one can pluck us from the Father's hand, because Jesus said that no one's going to be able to do that. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If you are struggling to hear the voice of God, to to be able to listen to the voice of God, start to ask him, say, teach me, Lord. And then just still your own heart, put your own desires and wishes to one side, and, and God will begin to speak to you. He really will, because it's Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. This is so cool. We're going to just press on, read through the last bit. Um, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these are you going to stone me? So he's saying, come on, guys. I've done so many good things. How does that merit being stoned? The Jews answered him, it's not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man make yourself God they were in no doubt whatsoever his Jewish listeners what Jesus's words and his claims about himself amounted to they were he was literally claiming to be God they knew that all these scriptures about the good shepherd and stuff it's activating stuff they're words that God had promised through the prophets and Jesus is saying right I'm the one I'm he I'm the shepherd I'm the one that Zechariah promised I'm the one that Isaiah promised I'm the one that Ezekiel promised and they're so upset you got to believe it they're literally fuming these stones they picked up were not like little pebbles they were big rocks they were gonna crush his head you know they were properly intending to kill him and Jesus answered them is it not written in your law I said you are gods if he called them gods to whom the word came and scripture cannot be broken. Do you say of him whom the father consecrated and sent into the world you are blaspheming? Because I said I am the son of God. I'm not going to try and even unpack that one. But you can. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's an interesting one of itself. But Jesus is saying. Look even the word of God that you hold so dear. Refers to people as gods. And yet you are willing to stone me. And I actually am God. I actually am the one God is sent. Um, because you call me blaspheming. Verse 37, if I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. And again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. Jesus is saying, listen, guys, even if you're finding my words difficult, believe because the, the miracles speak for themselves. The miracles speak for themselves. You can see, just like the people said, a demon can't open the eyes of the blind. 
Verse 40, he went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first and there he remained and many came to him and they said John did no sign but everything that John said about this man was true and many believed in him there so John had not been someone who'd gone around doing miracles and signs and wonders but he'd presented Jesus in such a way that when Jesus lived out those next three years from his encounter with John Everything that John had said about Jesus was proven to be true. Oh, man, there's so much we could say about this chapter. It's so exciting, isn't it? Lord Jesus, you are the great shepherd of the sheep. And we come to you today and we want to say thank you, Lord, that you laid down your life for us. Thank you that you are the doorway. You're the one who keeps us safe from the one who wants to come and steal and kill and destroy. And you've come to give us life. We thank you so much. Amen. Have an amazing day, you guys.